Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello and welcome to another Toonami pre-flight. Hopefully you enjoyed our live Q&A episode last week. I know we did. Sure did. Uh, today we're going to be talking Interstellar 555555. Uh, and then a little known fact about Jason. He's, would you, scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the least, what would your general fandom of the musical genre be? <laughs> 1. What about yours? Uh... Four, three and a half. You like a musical? There are some that I, I don't out of hand hate all musicals the way I feel like you do, but mm-hmm. generally I'm not super excited for a musical. What's the last musical you saw that was new? Uh, I took my mom to see The Lion King in the theater. Musical no, theater. No, no, a new one, a new musical. Oh, I don't know. Like musical film, uh, which is what we're talking about. I guess Gone Baby Gone. Gone, I mean, uh, um, I was like, what? La La Land? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, talking about? Uh, Gone Baby. The baby, whatever the fuck. The, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking the about? The movie that just came out. That's Gone Baby? Baby Driver? Baby Driver. They're laughing at you because that's, that's not fine. a musical. Yeah. Number one. Number two, the name. <laughs> it just had baby in it. That's, yeah. But. I mean, a musical where people are singing, where characters are singing. I guess that's another thing to define is if, to me, it's a musical when characters start bursting into song or if, like, the whole thing is music. Baby Driver is just um, a car chase movie with some songs in it. That's not really a musical. There's plenty of dialogue. And, I mean, what's the last musical musical? Not a musical like The Lion King film. Did you see La La Land, which is probably the most recent big musical? I didn't see it in the theater. Did you see it, though? Oh, yeah. I thought you were saying what movie did you see in the theater. Jesus Christ. Did you did you enjoy La La Land? Not really. Okay, let's just move on. So let's start by talking about a musical I do like, Interstellar 5555. Uh, this was Daft Punk's collaboration with uh, Leiji Matsumoto, the legendary creator of such classic anime as Space Battleship Yamato, a.k.a. Star Blazers, Galaxy Express 999, uh, etc., etc. It goes on and on and on. Um, He's the man. He was really an influential 70s anime presence, and his designs are pretty iconic and... uh, Super 70s, like he influenced so much of 70s anime that a lot of other 70s anime sort of looks like his style. Um, so he, I don't know how, I don't know the backstory of how they ended up working with him. Do you? They they went to Japan to yeah. seek him out. Yeah, because I knew they, they were, were such in, fans. Yeah, they were big fans of his. And uh, that's one of the meetings that they had, and he was like, Yeah, all right, cool. 
So I guess they they knew they were putting out their album and they thought it would be really cool to have all the music videos done by Leiji Matsumoto and then somewhere along the way they ended up just deciding to put them all together as a as a movie. Um so it's like an hour it's the length of the album so it's like an hour long but um it tells a full story none of, there's no dialogue or anything like that it's all just told through visuals and music. Um and maybe that's why I like it cuz it's not like someone's talking and then all of a sudden they they start yeah, they Elvis turn to their left and be like, song. "What's gonna happen now?" You know that kind of stuff that I just can't stand. Um, but it looks gorgeous. I wish there would be an HD remaster of it, but I, I guess the rights are somewhat up in the air because you can't stream it and you legally legally, and you have to buy the you have to have like an old DVD to be able to really watch it legally, which just seems weird considering how popular Daft Punk is. But I also know. Uh, deals with Japanese studios are very complicated, so I'm sure it's a rights issue. Um, so we have a bit of a history. We, being Toonami, have a bit of a history with this movie because early on in um, the Toonami days, we were planning for our, our our music video. What did we call it? The Midnight Run Special Midnight Edition. Midnight Run Special Edition. The reason that came together were, was twofold. One, we had the gorillas reach out to us and said, do you want to show our videos and premiere our newest one, our third video. And at the same time, weirdly, Daft Punk reached out to us and they were nowhere near as big as they are now. This is right before Discovery came out, which was a classic record and You think it's fair to say that we broke them as a international <laughs> yeah. artist? We didn't we didn't we did it didn't hurt. Um, so they had not quite released Discovery yet or they had just released it and the singles were starting to to pop off um, so they were starting to get bigger already but they weren't quite anywhere near where they are now and they had a couple videos from um, Interstellar 5555 and they ha- they wanted to premiere two of them with us so between that and the gorillas we thought well between those two things and a couple other things we could throw together we might make a whole music video special and that's how that that's how that came together <laughs> Um, sorry, someone just opened the door to the studio. Uh, so that's how that came they together. And if you don't want to believe, if you don't believe us, we have audio visual proof. In uh, here are some commercials Daft Punk did for us through their record label that we ran the night of the uh, Midnight Run Special Edition. Here's one of them. So we. I don't know if that's <laughs> irrefutable proof, but it definitely did happen. I mean, that's proof to me. Uh, so they did that. They did some other stuff for Toonami, and then we premiered these videos. Um, and it, over the years, many people have told us it was their first exposure to Daft Punk. So while Gil was joking and being an asshole, I actually do think we helped expose Daft Punk to an audience they had not yet reached yeah. and gave their music videos a proper home. On a place that shows anime. I do um, find it ironic that so many people remember that night so fondly, and then when we show music videos now, so many people are like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> yeah. That's the great dichotomy of nostalgia. Uh, I would just say they were young enough to let their brains were still elastic to elastic enough to be able to appreciate something that they weren't planning for 
And when you're older, you're like, I didn't tune in for this. You know, I think that's sort of a little bit. But hopefully we're always going to show music videos. Um, so why don't we check out one of the videos from Interstellar 5555. You could really take any any song there's a video for or just watch them all together. And they're all great. They all weirdly tell self-contained little stories. So the video is almost a self-contained story. You could watch the video and not necessarily worry about what's going on. But then if you watch the whole movie, there's definitely a very clear arc. There's, yeah. It's about. And I a, think we showed the first four, and there's what, 12, eight, 10? Uh, uh, 10, I think. So oh. it's the, the story is about a band called the Crescendals, who are an intergalactic sort of band for a happy planet that are kidnapped by an evil race who want to force them to make music for them. Yeah, they're playing a show, and as they leave, it's... Yeah, they get kidnapped. And so they get turned into... They get forced to play for this other alien race, and then they escape. So it's a pretty simple story, but it's really well told, and I think helps illustrate why musicals are dumb in a weird way, because you don't need... You don't really even need a plot. Like, you can just... You don't like no one has to sing what's going on. Like you don't have to have any words. You could just have visuals and music. And if there were more musicals like that, I'd be cool. But feature length narrative music videos is the genre you're more looking Man, for. Man, it's more interesting than um, I stubbed my toe. Now I'm going to sing a fucking song about it, which doesn't happen. That's one of my favorite musicals. I'm sure it would be. Uh, so let's check out one of the videos from Interstellar Five 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 Five. the trailer which i think shows minimal effort on on the part of whoever got the trailer it's we've basically got the first just, video okay well take it from yeah. 57 seconds in and go for 45 yeah. seconds i don't know how popular i mean i know how popular the album was it was a massive hit but i don't know how popular the movie was um when it was released on video i think it was almost sort of an afterthought which is crazy because yeah how much money i mean and time and that's effort that's daft punk they can get people to spend money uh, but it's crazy to me that to this day that's people no one's attempted anything like that since like they just did this thing no one's ever done really yeah and haven't and no one else has done it since i mean it was maybe i think it was three or four million dollars production money and whatever yeah two or three years i mean it was two years after we showed the first couple videos that the full movie came out so i think he probably only intended to do a couple videos and then he just enjoyed it and wanted to take it all the way through and they certainly weren't going to say no so thanks to daft punk and leiji matsumoto for that amazing movie uh i think it's a classic like the album yeah and um galaxy express 999 is not 
remastered either. I don't know if it's something about. I mean, a lot of his older work. Some of it is, and some of it isn't. But most of it isn't. Most of any old, yeah, '80s or pre-'80s anime isn't. Um, you can find a lot of he's he did so much work that you can find some of it, you know, various places. But a lot of it is still not, you know. And the, the Galaxy Express nine 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 movies aren't legally available. Like it's just crazy. Um, but he's a legend, and if you haven't seen his work and you want to check out what anime looked like in the seventies, I think it's worth worth doing. He's probably the reason Toonami exists. I mean, Star Blazers. Yeah, as a formation one, for one of the reasons. Yeah. Um, so moving on to our subject for the day, what's your least favorite? We originally said movie musical, but now it just says musical. So as always, we focused on movies, not actual musicals. Yeah. And I think most people that responded, responded with movies. Um, I think 152 episodes in people get that. Yeah. It's going to be a movie. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start off with <laughs> legitimately a terrible movie by any metric. Even people that love musicals thought this was a bag of shit. I think it's hilarious and bad in a way that makes me laugh because it's such an ill-fated... Like, I can't fathom how on any level anyone... Yeah, that it got out of the lunch meeting <laughs> yeah, of dreaming it up. That anyone involved thought it was a good idea boggles my fucking mind and the money that was spent on it. But I'm talking about Rock of Ages, which is the musical <laughs> that Tom Cruise starred in and uses, repurposes well-known classic rock and 80s rock songs and basically tells the story of a musical asshole. Uh, it features Alec Baldwin with long, with a long-haired wig. I mean, I think it's that all those actors were like, oh yeah, I wonder what it looked like with long hair. Uh, I think, yeah, I think they all thought it would be funny, but it's like a rock musical made by people who don't give a fuck about rock and never did with absolutely zero level of authenticity trying to turn it into the typical musical song and dance thing which is the opposite of what rock was originally you know supposed to be and so it's like yeah. all the worst all the worst impulses that i hate about musicals this is what they ultimately turn good shit into if you're not careful so <laughs> let's check out the trailer i believe for rock of ages Stacy Jacks. This place is about to become a sea of swing. Near shattering music and puke. So start drinking now. Let me know. Now go. Your first album gave birth to some of Brock's greatest anthems. What's it like to be the Stacy Jacks? Stacy, you made it. Amen. Hey, man. Now this is Hey, man. When I was a kid, I wanted to be Stacy Jacks. You're a singer, and you have real talent. That stage is a pedestal. When you're up there, you're untouchable. This club is totally out of control. Our whole existence is riding on Stacy Jacks. We're gonna shut them down. Oh my god, I just threw up. Where? In my pants. Oh. 
love go after. I can guarantee you something more cool. Fame. If you want to get respect, you got to take that stage. until it hurts. Good old Adam Shankman. Yeah. Churning out the hits. So I think that one speaks for itself. You may be watching that and thinking, well, that seems fun. It's not. You're stupid, if that's what you're thinking. Uh... Next up, just not bad enough to be a fun. I mean, yeah, just a, yeah, just like bad enough to be a total and it's waste long. of time. Like it's not. No, it's a long movie. It's not like eighty-two minutes yeah. long. Yep. Um, I heard Tom Cruise did all of his own singing and practiced for three months, four hours a day. With well, a he's a professional. Coach. Still the cruiser coach. I mean, I just think it's funny. Yeah, that's a lot of effort to put in to this bag of shit. Like that's a lot of commitment. Well, he signed the deal. He's going. Well, he got twenty million go dollars either yeah. way. Yeah. Um, Next up is a movie that uh, won Best Picture, which boggles my fucking mind, and was the toast of the town when it came out way back in, I think, 2002. But weirdly, since, it's not a movie anyone ever talks about. So I think it's one of those Best Picture winners that sort of everybody gets caught up in the moment. Shakespeare and in Love, just, perhaps. Shakespeare in Love would be a perfect example. Everyone gets caught up in the moment and then forgets that it ever existed. You literally never see anyone doing retrospectives or talking about this. And I'm talking about 2002's Chicago. <laughs> I mean, there it is. That's a great picture. Uh, <laughs> well done, Sean. The only thing I can say about this movie that I like is that John C. Riley's in it, and he can actually carry a tune. Yeah, um, which we've surprising. He carried through to Walk Hard, a much superior musical. That movie's great. That's a good musical. Um, so Chicago tells the story of twenties uh, jazz era f- uh, vaudeville singers. Uh, and it's basically two women who are accused of murdering their boyfriends, and they decide to team up together to do a vaudeville act. And I believe Richard Gere is the husband that's betrayed uh, by one of them. It's Renee Zellweger and Catherine Zeta-Jones and Richard Gere, three people that I don't really care about seeing in any movie anyway. And then <laughs> they're all singing and dancing like a bunch of assholes. So... Let's check out the trailer for This was a really successful... So this is weirdly one of the most successful musicals of all time. It was started in the 70s. It was choreographed by Bob Fosse, the legend. Uh, it then went... It, it ended after like 600 shows, which is not considered a great run. And then it was revived in the 80s and has been since then the longest running musical of all time. Like, it's just a constant thing people go see. So... 
turning it into a movie was evidently a huge scary thing because it was a very popular musical. They had to cut a bunch of numbers to make it shorter and to make it play at the running time they were looking for, which still felt way too long to me, but I was a hater. So this year, I think this was the height of Miramax's power, so this is right around Shakespeare in Love. So Harvey Weinstein was busy showing his genitals to actresses and then blackmailing people into making bullshit movies, best picture winners. So a Miramax film, uh, which makes me even more glad I never liked it. So let's check out the trailer. In case you've seen it, I bet you don't remember just how, like, eh it is. Let's check it out. A flash of leg. The taste of temptation. The smell of corruption. And things that go bump in the night. Slip your hair where your buckle shoes. And all that jazz. Velma has it. And a brand new start to do that. All my life, I wanted to have my own act. That's great. I'll be in touch. You know, I'm not quite finished yet. Face it, Roxy, you ain't never gonna have an act. You got connections. I would have said anything to get a piece of that. What you need is Billy Flynn. He's never lost a case. Billy can fix it. My client feels that it was the combination of liquor and jazz which led to her downfall. Hey, Mom, you're the Velma Kelly. I was there the night that you got arrested. Yeah, you and half of Chicago. You couldn't buy that kind of publicity. But in a city where everyone loves a legend, there's only room for one. He was advice. Keep your paws off my lawyer. Sweetest little jazz killer ever to hit Chicago. That's the angle I'm after. You were in the paper today, too. In the back with the obituaries. They love me. There might be a lot more if you're a hang. You know why? Because there's some more papers. That's Chicago. Catherine Zeta Jones. And Richard Gere. Are you guilty or not guilty? Don't you want to take my picture? Good night, folks. Gotcha. Chicago. Man, they straight up faded um, John C. Riley. Yeah. He's in that movie. He's got a pretty decent sized part, and they don't show him at all. They don't even list him. Like, um, there's not even a page of... Even old Tay Diggs gets at least a little moment in the spotlight. I guess they're like, no, no, well, you just stay over Take your giant hair. Keep your big schnoz out of this. Um, But yeah, a very popular movie at the time. I don't know if it's very popular now, um, but certainly one of the most lauded musicals of all time. Uh, And then finally, speaking of the most lauded musicals of all time, I think... I think this one speaks for itself, so I think we can just cut right to the clip without showing the graphic, and just, when I when I point at the camera, we'll just start this trailer, and I think it speaks for itself. You ready? Nazi Benya! 
So, The Lion King... Did your daughter like at The Lion one King? Time, was... Oh, she loves The Lion yeah. King. Uh, at one time, the most successful animated film of all time. Um, the Lion King had humble roots. It started as a side project for the B team of Disney animators while the A team worked on Pocahontas. And the B team, because they were development at the same time, the B team... And uh, this was the first Disney animated film to come from an original screenplay. So they thought this would be sort of some bullshit like side thing. And uh, the A team of Pocahontas animators made fun of the B team of Lion King animators because they were like, you're a bullshit movie because they thought Pocahontas was going to be the big uh, hit. And Pocahontas did fine, but nowhere near as good as the Lion King. So they showed them. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I have always hated this movie because I don't like the music as the number one reason. I hate Elton John, and I think his music is terrible, and it takes me out of the movie. Um, also, what about the, Tiny Dancer. All the, <laughs> also the fact that it completely rips off its whole story from Kimba the White Lion, an anime from twenty years before. Although all the creators involved still deny, but they had to. Uh, they, there's never been officially decided why there wasn't a lawsuit but everyone assumes that disney paid off the original kimba the white lion creators inspired by yeah it's heavily inspired by um so a fun movie but in, in classic disney and disney fan fashion it became this giant thing that i just don't i can't wrap my head around kind of like frozen but with worse music to me um 
You like the music in Frozen better than The Lion King, you're saying? Yes. I don't really like either one, right. but I prefer... But as a degree to, of... If I had to choose, I would choose music from Frozen over the music from The Lion King. I hate the... Let It Go beats... Is yes. greater than yes. Circle of Life I have, in your I hate Circle the, of Hell. I hate that 90s, let's go to Africa and get a bunch of musicians and do Paul Simon's Graceland thing right. that was going on. Like, that bothers me. Elton John bothers me. Uh, What's-his-face Rice, his lyrics always bother me. So, like, if you couldn't design a, a group of people to make some music that I liked less than those people. If they had done the music for Chicago, do you think that would have been <laughs> then, then it might have taken the... Yeah, because jazz era, like at least this is a cool looking animated yeah. film in the stories. Like it's a it's a mythic, you know, pretty yeah. broad story, but it's a decent story and the voice acting's great, like Jeremy Irons yeah. is great and James Earl Jones is great. So I put it on here more as a a troll because I think people would be surprised that someone who loves animated films would dislike The Lion King. But I don't hate it as much as I hate certain other animated films. I mean, uh, musicals. <laughs> certain other musicals. Fair enough. <clears throat> so that's it for me. Cool. Yo, what do you got? Person who likes musicals more than I do? Uh, first for me is the 1982 Smash sequel to Grease, Grease 2. Nice. Uh, that they overcame not having either of the two songwriter choreographers, neither of the two leads. The scriptwriter died, and they hired a new director, and they came out with Grease 2, which evidently, what's-his-face, who plays the English guy, wanted to be called Son of Grease, which I would have liked <laughs> Son of Grease would a lot be the better. shit. Uh, this is basically the exact same. I don't love Grease. I don't hate Grease, but... I don't give a shit about Grease. I'm f- it's fine. This movie sucks. And if you're ever in a situation where someone tries to make you watch it, just cut all ties and leave. <laughs> um, who hurt you, Gil? Lots of people. <laughs> you mostly. Good. Um, this guy shows up, and Michelle Pfeiffer doesn't really know how to sing or dance, and somehow got cast in this movie. Somehow. I, I wonder um, what the reason would be. Yeah, I don't know. Because <laughs> um, she's fucking Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is, I think, the opening scene. If not, it's very early on, so you can get a real good taste of the shit sandwich that is <laughs> 3-2. She's late again. Personally, I think that being late demonstrates terrible leadership qualities. Well, I'm not waiting anymore. Here she is, Belle. Gonna be late. Let's go. Stretch. <laughs> My 
my old man wants me to go to junior college after grad. Yeah? Third junior college. Hey, what are you gonna do, Johnny? Sleep. Nah, I mean, what are you gonna be when you grow up? A burden on society. <laughs> I don't dislike Grease, but I don't really love it. But I do like Blues Brothers. And Blues Brothers 2000 is another terrible decision that 20 years after the fact, you decide that despite one of the main leads no longer being alive, that you should take another stab at making Blues Brothers, but make it sort of a shitty family comedy movie with that little turd. Um, and Joe Morton. <laughs> it's like, who yeah. I not would have. I like Joe Morton fine, but he's like the last person I would be like, we need a, someone with, we need a break into, with charisma right. just to sing and dance. Um, and John Goodman, who I also yeah. love, but it's like, what do you think of when you think of John Goodman? He singing was, and dancing. He was touring with them live. Doing, he was yeah. doing it live, yeah. And they tried to get James Belushi. Who in this situation is the one with dignity, which blows my fucking but he, mind. But he was doing something else, probably. Um, what's the the principal? <laughs> yes. Um, now, the principal's a movie I can stand up for. Totally the uh, fucked up movie. Some, I don't remember this at all, but when I was looking up the dates, there was a Nintendo 64 Blues Brothers 2000 game that came out two years after the movie Ate Shit. I don't know why you would <laughs> do that. Um, but here's Aretha Franklin uh, taking the money and running. Yeah, just uh, fucking Bless her heart. It. And this piece of shit. I'm getting the band back together. Man, you can't talk about this stuff here. Matt, she's back from lunch. You should have bought that money. It was good on you, Yes, it is. Okay. All right. Elwood? Ma'am? Sorry to hear about Jake. Thank you, ma'am. Who's this? My new partner, Mac McTeer. Pleased to meet you. Matt, can I speak to you privately? Sure, baby. You said when you got out of prison, you were going to be all finished with the Blues Brothers. That's right, I did. You and I have built up a good business here with the cash from the sale of the coffee shop, and I got us started in this Mercedes dealership. What is the matter with you? And I continue to keep your pathetic friend on, even though he hasn't sold a car in over two years. Yes, you have. And no, he hasn't. You talk straight with me, Matt Murphy. I always do. And you treat me with respect at all times. I do, baby. And you know what I mean when I say respect. What you want, huh? Uh, baby, I got it. What you need? Mm, yeah, I know I got it. 
That was awful. That was, uh... I've seen Aretha live, and, uh, she's incredible to see live, and they actually made Aretha boring, which is a, quite an achievement. Yeah, to just suck all the soul yeah, out of... out of the Aretha. ...most <laughs> yeah. soul. And to give Matt Guitar Murphy more than one line is just mean Fucking, and yeah, poor-spirited to Bananas. Him. Bananas. Uh, and last for me is Moulin Rouge! Exclamation point for some reason so great that it is. Um... This is another movie that not as it didn't do nearly as well as Chicago, but did people well. And people loved it. Love people it. loved it. Yeah, and it started the trend of, um, of what do they call it? Pe- Fa- found music, yeah. musicals. Like, I mean, that had been done before, but this movie was a much more popular example. And then Baz Luhrmann moved on to do this with Gatsby and other movies, right. where he has other people's songs. Yeah, it's coming off of this was right after Romeo and Juliet, and his, Baz's idea was. That was such a huge undertaking uh, of modernizing a classical moment. That why don't we modernize a period piece musical, which is so crazy. But, Baz Luhrmann. Uh, uh, my opinion on Baz Luhrmann is that he sucks, so that doesn't surprise yeah. me. And uh, evidently he wanted to do this with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and shockingly enough... Shockingly enough, Leonardo <laughs> was like, eh. Uh, take a pass. Um but yeah, so have you ever wondered what that would look like? A period piece with starring Nicole more, Kidman and uh, Ewan McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. Um, the answer is it sucks. <laughs> so let's check out the shit ass trailer for this dog shit movie. <laughs> fantasy is real where he could be anything he wanted and where he would discover the most dangerous temptation of all come and get me boys diamonds are a girl's best friend I believe you were expecting me yes Silly. I think you would fall in love with someone like me. I can't fall in love with anyone. I make men believe what they want to believe. I believe in truth, freedom, and above all things, love. Like I've never seen the sky. You're gonna be bad for business. I get down. I am willing to provide the financial resources to make you the star. You don't have to wear that. I require a contract that binds Satine to me exclusively. He could destroy everything. I don't care. We have each other. Make Christian believe you don't love him. He'll fight for me. Hurt him. Hurt him to save him. Whatever happens, no matter how bad things get, we love one another.
Well played, Fat Boy Slim. <laughs> New music by Fat Boy Slim anchors this firmly in the 90s. It's like Tim Burton directing a musical till he actually did. Yeah. Like with the, the vibe. And then he went and did his own. Um, so let's look at some of your Facebook results for the Adult Swim Facebook. What's your least all favorite musicals. musical? The number one response by a huge margin, all musicals, which I heartily agree with. Excellent work. Rent being the second least favorite, which I'm not surprised by. It's very dated. Sound of Music was one I almost picked, and I think that's more about people just being tired of it. Because, yeah. um, and Grease, I would say the same thing. And then La La Land, because yes, La La Land was the modern Chicago. It's going to be a movie no yeah. one talks about in 10 years, but that won a lot of accolades. It will be hopefully best remembered for almost winning the Best Picture Oscar to a much better movie and yeah, then the, the last minute Whoopsie, the, <laughs> the Warren Beatty Moonlight <laughs> yeah. Warren Beatty uh, fucking it up for everybody old white man getting, shocker uh, getting a little mixed yeah. up old white man blowing it for the rest of us um, and let's look at the Toonami Facebook picks once again by a huge factor all musicals and then High School Musical which oddly I kind of I kind of enjoy yeah uh, Phantom of the Opera was Terrible grease and good old cats and cats. I don't mind because it's got cats, but it's still really bad. But yeah, you would rather just play with a cat. For I mean, yeah, but I don't mind and... watching people run around in cat costumes. It's somewhat ridiculous. I mean, if you're going to do a musical, which is inherently ridiculous, I think as long as think it's better, it works better when you're not trying to do something serious. Yeah. When it's memories all over the like fucking cat outfit, then that right. seems to make sense to me. Um, so that's it for. What we're going to shit on today. Now let's show Probably. you a few new things. Yeah, well, I mean, there's always a chance we'll shit on Gil. Um, so first up is a promo for this week's episode of Dragon Ball Super. Uh, this is a topical for episode 49 of DB Super. Let's check it out. On the next all-new episode of Dragon Ball Super. So what brought you here? Let me guess, your future's in trouble. Uh well, yeah. What kind of trouble are we talking about? Don't tell me. Is it Majin Buu? Not him. He told us that he was Goku. Uh, he what? Except he wears dark clothes instead of your orange ones. So we started calling him Goku Black. Dragon Ball Super. This Saturday at 10.30. Where are you, Saiyan? Only Toonami on Adult Swim. So that's uh, 10.30 p.m. this Saturday night and every Saturday night. Until we don't have it anymore, which hopefully will be never. <laughs> um, and then we uh, we also have a music video, um, and this this one is a cool animated video we like, so we just wanted to throw it on the air. And it's called uh, "Transpose" by Super Magic Hats. So let's check that out.
then, uh, I, Gil, Gil, you have a trash can, Sam? I do. To do for us. Um, see, I knew you were going to still shit on something. You weren't done. Oh, I wasn't shitting on it. Uh, one we, man's trash. Yeah. If we've, it's not shitting on it. I just don't care. You don't care That's enough to even remember. Not caring is not actively shitting on something. You don't care enough to even shit on it. Right. Unless it just happens. Right. Okay. If I, I wanted to shit on it, I would get way more creative. And I might. Okay. So uh, why don't you go ahead? Thank you. So this is for Near Automata, which neither myself nor Jason had played when it came out and was basically yeah. on all of the best of yeah. games. And when we did our favorite games looking back. So Jason was playing it. I guess you were playing it over the winter break. Yeah, I basically got tired, uh, amazingly started getting tired of Call of Duty. And there was literally nothing else. And in making all those best of lists, I pulled a few games that I had sort of overlooked. And um, Near Automata was one of them. And I ended up playing it over about two weeks or three weeks over the Christmas break. Um, and I really liked it. And I thought Gil would like it. And it might be a good candidate for uh, One Man's Trash. Yeah, and I did. And it was, as it was evidence. a real nut crusher, huh? It was... Doing what you... So the game has multiple endings. It has, in fact, 26 endings that you can only get by playing the game over and over or certain sections over and over. And the story is confusing enough as it is, and this makes it even more confusing. So it was like a math problem. So I didn't do it. I, I got like five or six of the endings, which I think is plenty for the average consumer. Yeah, it's but, fine. But I knew Gil would take it all the way, and he put on his gimp suit and zipped it up real tight so you couldn't hear him talk, and he went and gimped out. Let's check it out. Welcome to another edition of One Man's Trash, where I try to make all of us feel a little bad for me. Today we're playing Near Automata, which I didn't play when it first came out, and honestly, I don't know why, because I really like this game. To mankind! It's got a bunch of good RPG stuff, the story is cool, and the way the story's structured is really good, because you have to play it multiple times, and you get a lot of different perspectives to be able to see it. So that sets up for a lot of One Man's Trash fun. Welcome to my beloved city. Normally I would start cautioning about spoilers at this point, but since the game's been out for so long, I figure everybody's already played it except for me. We will take back the seas, the skies, the land. Basically, you're playing an android who's fighting on the side of the humans against the machines and the aliens that have set them up. So when you finish playing it through the first time, they tell you that that was route A and that you've seen ending A and that there's a bunch of different endings. There's actually 26 in total. There's really only about four, really five, that are story endings, and the best are quote-unquote bad endings, which is you made the wrong choice and the game sort of reboots you to your last save. Eating them? And that's another thing, if you haven't played this game, save as often as you can because there's no autosave and it will definitely bone you. I'll take care of everything. So once you get to the end of Route C and you get the C ending, uh, it opens up chapter select and then you can go to any basically any point of the game and you can choose which character you want to control it's actually almost too free because it doesn't really make a lot of sense in the beginning and then you sort of figure out how it's structured and you can kind of hop around and that's the way you can get all the other 26 endings the bad endings kind of break down into one of two things either you get to a big battle and you just run away or you're supposed to be helping the machines and instead you kill them all and both, honestly, are pretty funny. Uh, I can see why they're not really supposed to be the good endings. Uh, but the writing's really good, and the way they finish it out is funny. So it's, it's worth getting all 26. Proposal. Evacuate immediately. Up until you try to get all of the weapons. 
And then you have to upgrade all the weapons. There's a secret boss, Emil, who you meet, and he has a store that moves around. And you think he's pretty harmless and fairly amusing until he refuses to stop in front of the resistance camp and sell you the last two bracers that you need. You've sure gotten strong. I doubt you'll be needing my help anymore. What do you mean? Um, nothing. Don't worry about it. Take care now. Emil sure is acting odd. Uh, I don't know if it's glitched or if it's so random that it doesn't come up very often, but this was a huge pain for me, and looking online seemed like a huge pain for a lot of other people. But once you get all the weapons, then you have to grind to get all of the materials to upgrade those weapons, and you have to go to the secret merchant in the forest, Masumuni, and he upgrades all your weapons. And that takes a decent amount of grinding, and you don't really ever know what you need for the next round, and there's four levels for each weapon, and there's like 30 different weapons. So once you have all of those, you have to go talk to Emil, you then break into his house, which is not super easy to find. You steal a mask from him, and you go talk to him again, and he talks about how his security's been boosted up, and then you have to go fight him at the bottom, and you try to steal something else. You may be a cherished companion of mine, but you still must be punished! The only real problem is that when you do chapter select or you go to anywhere else, it resets all of your meetings with him. So if you've done any of that, you have to go back and do it all over again, even if you're wearing the mask. So then that sets up the first fight when he catches you and he tries to discipline you. And I was so happy to beat his ass. I lost. I guess power is the only thing that counts in this world anymore, huh? So I'd gotten all of the weapons in the game before I fought him the first time. And I'm not sure if it matters which way you do it or not. But once you've beaten him and you've gotten all the weapons upgraded to level four, a new mission opens up and you go meet him in the desert. And this is kind of a weird ending because you have a big fight and it's not really all that easy. And after you beat them, you have a choice and you can either stop this self-destruct from happening or allow it to happen. And kind of neither seemed like the right choice. Uh, I, maybe I was jilted with my anger towards Emil and I was happy to see him die. But either way, the game just sort of ends. And for being a secret boss ending and having a bunch of different stuff to do, it was pretty much a uh, total pain in the ass. I'm so glad I got to see you all again. But Emil does have a side quest that sets up what I think is the most touching of all of the side quests. So I can't really hate on Emil too, too much. And once you've gotten all of the bad endings out of the way, then it's time to go and you basically do the inverse. There's a choice at the end of Route C and you go back and you do the flip-flop of that and that's ending D, which sets up ending E, which is honestly my favorite one in the whole game. Um, it's a, as the credits are rolling, you have a conversation with your pods and you basically are saying, do you want to save humanity and the androids? And if you go through all these little tests, you come up with a mini game that's based on the hacking game, but it's a little different and it's way harder. Basically, you're fighting through all of the ending credits and you're blowing them up. In the beginning, this is really fun. And if you die, it's not that big a deal. You go back to a checkpoint 
and towards the end, the last checkpoint is pretty far from the ending credits. And they keep telling you, do you want to keep going? Are games a waste of time? Are you worthless? And if you keep saying, no, 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 you want to keep going, then you just keep fighting it. And I was then convinced this was going to be my one man's trash and I was going to beat it on solo and I wasn't going to take any help. And I don't know that it's literally impossible because I saw a video on YouTube for it, but it seems virtually impossible to do by yourself. But either way, it sets up where you have to accept help after the last time that you die. And then a bunch of other random players from all over, their bots come and join you. And so it's way easier. You've got the option to have a ship blow up without losing. You have way more guns. And it's still pretty long, but it's not all that hard. And then at the end of all of that, you're given the option to sacrifice yourself to do the same thing for somebody else who's stuck. And when you say you will, it erases all of your saves. It shows it to you, too. You're you're erasing all of your quests that you didn't do. You're erasing all the quests you did do. You're erasing all the weapons that you got. Everything. And in the end, it just resets back to the title screen and lets you play the whole game over again, which I thought was really cool. Uh, Admittedly, I did keep a little bonus extra save just in case I ever want to go back to the game. I think I would have been pissed if I just had figured that it wasn't going to be that big a deal and lost everything, but I I thought it was a pretty cool way to end the game and uh, a way to end a really fun game. We will take back our world from the scourge of the machines. So if you have something fun or dumb for me to do in a video game, hit me up on Twitter at StupidGill and let me know. So how many hours do you estimate, or can you see how many hours you You played? could see. The only weird thing is that this is one of the games that when you pause, the timer still oh, it counts. goes. So yeah. while I was multitasking at work from time to time, it was... AKA it actually would, uh, working from time to time. It would... Uh, so it shows that I played for 90-something hours, but I bet it's probably... 70. Yeah, maybe 80. Jesus. Um, so it's the, for, for full context, it probably took me 30 to 35 hours maybe to do to really thoroughly play the game and get most of the extra stuff and five of the endings. And just getting those endings, really it was the endings to get. Yeah, because you play it. It took you another you 50 play it through hours. Basically three full times. Yeah. And depending on how much you're searching in every corner, yeah. the first you could get through the first one in... 15 or 20 hours yeah. or if you you could it could take you 30 right. plus and then the next they get shorter and shorter each time yeah. and then some of them are super fast to get and then some of them are super painful. it looks use. great i think it's a fun game yeah I, I didn't like it enough to go the extra mile right to did. complete it to <laughs> play the whole game to finish <laughs> right yes okay yeah yeah that's what i thought yeah um so next up, well, thank you as always for your service oh, yes, for the hours you put in. My pleasure. Just doing uh, my job, sir. Make sure you wash the gimp suit thoroughly before strapping it on again. Well, that would defeat you the purpose. Keep things. Well, it's true. It would just feel like it would be itchy. Um, and then finally, we have this week's Adult Swim single. Uh, we are on week forty-one out of fifty-two weeks of Adult Swim singles. Home stretch almost. We can see the the horizon. How long are you giving the Adult Swim singles team? How much vacation are they getting before 
the machine fires back up. We'll find you'll you'll find out. Okay. Along with the viewing public. Um, so this week is a track by Julia Holter, who I really like. It's called So Humble in the Afternoon. Um, you can get it at adultswim.com slash singles, uh, as well as all 40 of the other songs we've released. So go there and check it out and come back every Wednesday for a new song, uh, usually around noon Eastern on Wednesdays. So for now, let's check out a sample of this uh, song by Julia Holter. She's great. I like having 52 weeks because we can explore a little weirder nooks and crannies than we were allowed to with just the, 26 the weeks. Limiting the nature, very of six limiting months. nature of six months. Just come on. Yeah, I mean, You're doing anything for really six stretch months your legs. is it really worth doing if it's only going to take six months? Evidently not. So that's it for this week's episode of Preflight. We'll be back next week, and we promise whatever our topic is, we won't be just us shitting on something. Other than Promise e- might be a bit other than each other uh, language, and we'll yeah. see you next week. We'll do our best. Thank you. Bye. Tsunami every Saturday night from ten thirty p.m. to four a.m.